What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I heard bandwagon nerds this week. I know you would dream of it. I was very frustrated with, with bandwagon nerds. That was being recorded. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastoral Down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is a Tuesday night for us, which means it is a Wednesday for you. You are listening to The Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. You can follow me on all your forms of social media at Chairshot Greg. This show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which all you got to do is jump online and type in thechairshot.com to listen. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You can follow that same chairshot.com on all your forms of social media at chairshot media. You can also read about sports, about entertainment, about sports entertainment. It's all there for you to peruse and enjoy at the chairshot.com. As part of the chairshot radio network, you can also listen to shows like bandwagon nerds, which Patrick O'Dowd, despite what you heard at the beginning of the show here, loves and appreciates. Oh, I, everyone I, I thoroughly enjoy. I do. I do. Big fan. Well, big fan. There, there was shouting involved in this week's edition. Oh, of yeah. yeah, there was. And it was oh, funny. Boy. Like, Patrick, Patrick hit the end of his rope. And like, what's really like, funny that is happened. that sometimes I listen and I'm like, okay, so-and-so needs to stop. Like, let Patrick do his thing. This time I listened and I was like, just let him go, man. It's fine. Like, it's just weird how sometimes I side with you. Sometimes I side with them. And 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 to your panel on, on the bandwagon nerds, I was siding with them this time for some reason. I, I don't know why. I just... Was was that during the robots taking over I the world part of the remember. show? Why would I remember that? It was yesterday. Skynet's going live. I it had see. I enjoyed that conversation robots. though. That's the thing. Like I enjoyed. Oh, I didn't mind the conversation. Uh, I just I do love how inevitably it's going to break down at some point. Uh, with when Christopher Platt is on the show, we love Christopher Platt. We love having him on the show. It's gonna go to robot sex at some point. Like that is going to happen. Yes. And see, that's your fault, too, for inviting him at the moment Ray can't well, be on. Like, just do the show with three people. I I do, usually. I generally do. Mm, However, as, I listen and no, I'm no, sure I you do. Don't. No, I, you go back you guys and check. Almost get a, you almost always get a fill-in when someone's not there. And and who is usually missing when there is a fill-in being done for that show? Well, lately it's, it's been Patrick you. Down. Yeah. It's Patrick <laughs> down. So let's stop and think about then who does that? David Ungar. I oh, yeah, made Dave fun of Dave, Dave over Dave this. Yes. I wanted Platt on the show because I I was joking with him that like we never do the show when there's an absence because I usually don't call. 
Uh, and then, uh, oddly enough, then Ray suddenly was available again. So then it became an overloaded bandwagon. So it was quite the... Uh, Okay, at this point, nobody cares what you're talking about anyway. So we are going to move on. That no, voice you hear is that. Yeah, great. Uh, what's his name? Chris his name's Kyle. And, Kyle. and honestly, Kyle, Kyle doesn't care anymore. And here's the thing Kyle doesn't care. Greg stopped caring. That's why Greg hit the buzzer. The yeah. voice you hear is that of the wrestling realist himself, Patrick O'Dowd. That's at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T on the Twitter. The other voice you heard, well, that's the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales. And you can follow her at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and on Instagram. The word hashtag is spelled out. There is no Twitter because amongst her various plethora of nicknames is the Twitterless heroine. And we are. Your crew here today, look, whatever platform you're listening, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell a friend, be a part of the movement that is thechairshot.com. We have got some fun stuff prepared for all of you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the name, image, likeness movement that's taken over the WWE or will be taking over the WWE in due time. We'll get there on that. A little bit of talk about a man who celebrates a birthday today, a wrestling legend who's actually no longer with us, but celebrates a birthday today, the day that we're recording this on December 7th. We'll talk about him and then we'll wrap things up with what's probably going to be, you guys don't know about it yet, the three-minute warning. Definitely going to be one of those Greg DeMarco hot take, no one gets out alive moments that... um yeah, it's real dickish, but I don't care. It just is what it is. And that's what I'm going to do. So that's where we're going with this show. Um, is that okay with you guys? Well, it's your show. So. Exactly. Don't care. Do care, actually. Don't, but, but here's the thing. Oh, actually, I don't even do care. Don't. I don't even want to bring up. The choice is yours. Yeah. Red, care. Blue, don't blue. care. There, there is no try, only don't. Anyway, I'll talk. I, I wanted to bring something up about this topic that we're going to talk about to introduce it, but I want to do that the proper way because before we do that, well, you guys know there's some stuff that that Miranda Morales needs to do before we get this bad boy rolling the proper way. So, uh, yeah, I'm telling you to tell me what to do. Yes, Greg. Let's go for it. We're going to get wham for sound. Let's wind it up. It's time. You're damn right it's time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to purchase your very own chair shot t-shirt today at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot you're gonna find a variety of t-shirts all in support of the chair including some newer designs like the chair shot linear t-shirts of course multiple always use your head t-shirts chair shot worldwide and much much more at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you can find the hashtag save tag team wrestling t-shirt, the official unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, as well as Bandwagon Nerds, the podcast that you heard so much about during the opening segment of today, as well as the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt right here. You can get it in, you guessed it, soft style. And of course, everybody hates Greg. All available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. T-shirts start off at $19.99. But if you want to spend a few extra dollars to customize your t-shirt, i.e. order it in soft style, because that's just the right thing to do, you can do that as well. And still make out like a bandit with a bunch of cool t-shirts in different designs, different colors, and different styles. So what are you waiting for? The holidays are coming. Gifts are to be given and received. So a good place to start is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So go and get your t-shirts today at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. It's time to get off. That, which you just heard, is going to be the extent of your Ring of Honor talk this week, which sucks because pretty much the last real Ring of Honor event of all time takes place this weekend with Final Battle. That card sucks, and they are not doing this thing justice. But that's another topic for another show at another time. Maybe we'll do a eulogy show for Ring of Honor next week, Patrick. I don't know. I'm just so over what they're doing, and it bothers me. What doesn't bother me, however— There's a lot of bitterness in that. I mean, it, it's it's— we're now to the point of talking about the once great ring of honor and, and it just doesn't deserve that, but whatever it is what it is. What we are going to talk about is something that when this was introduced, when this was announced last week after, you know, days after the, the show was released last week, I got separate messages from Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. So I knew, okay, this obviously has to be the topic that we're going to talk about. And honestly, I would say it's not getting enough play on the podcast and whatever around there, but I don't listen to all of them um, outside of the Chair Shot Radio Network. So I wouldn't know. But last week, WWE announced the, the launching of its own name image likeness program, which they are, of course, calling Next in Line to follow along with the NIL letters that is the acronym that is used for name image and likeness most people know already that gable stevenson is the first person to sign the revolutionary name image likeness contract with wwe and i want to talk to read you a little bit you've all seen the release you've probably hopefully read it if not you should if you're a fan of the business you should know exactly what you're looking at and what you're talking about but this comment comes from a man by the name of Paul Levesque, the WWE Executive President, Global Talent Strategy and Development. Of course, you all know him as Triple H. The WWE NIL program has the potential to be transformational to our business by creating partnerships with elite athletes at all levels across a wide variety of college sports. We will dramatically expand our pool of talent and create a system that readies NCAA competitors for WWE once their collegiate careers come to a close. So we are launching a name image likeness program within WWE. Again, first revealed during the WWE draft when uh, Gable Stevenson was drafted to Raw and announced as the first WWE name image likeness athlete. To me, this is a big deal. We're going to talk about it like it's a big deal because we all believe it is. Patrick O'Dowd, we'll start with you. When you first saw this and you were like, okay, we need to talk about this, and you were the first person to send it to me, not by a long time, but but by a little bit of time, um, why did it immediately jump at you, jump out at you as like, okay, we've got to talk about this? Because uh, I thought it was brilliant on the part of the WWE to cash, as, for bad as, bad as it sounds, to cash in on this name, image, and likeness decision that was made by the NCAA. And we've been talking forever about where the WWE is looking for its talent and developing and grooming its talent. And this is basically an evolution and a step. This is a step ahead. Like if you want to know why 
the WWE is the juggernaut that it is now, it's because of programs like this, that they're finding an avenue to give to, to sign talent to enter into their feeder system in some way, shape, or form while they're still in college and, and being able to cash in on that. And, and that, to me, I was just like, that's on their part. It's brilliant. It's huge. It reinforces, it reinforces what we've been talking about in terms of the independent wrestling scene and that they're not necessarily going to look there as a target. They're, go- they're going back to something that they used to do in the late 90s, when you look at like some of the biggest things that were that 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 famous class, Brock Lesnar, college wrestler, Shelton Benjamin, college wrestler, Dolph Ziggler, college wrestler. And those are just wrestlers. Other athletes from other sports have been have, have obviously made the transition as well. Basically, the WWE just announced their scouting program and, and how they're going to sign people to the, you know, the, the AAA contract, if you will to use their NIL um, in, in this program. So I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant on the part of the WWE. I think it's great for for college college talents. I do think that there's probably a level of signing your, signing your rights away that comes along with it, but that is the nature of doing business with the WWE. And I, I just think it's great. I think it's a brilliant move on their part. And by the way, I thought that Paul Levesque guy was on the way out and that he was done and finished Kaputsky and never, never coming back. That's what the internet told me. I mean, okay, first of all, we'll, we'll talk more about the name image legacy in a second. What you just said, in all honesty, I wish was true anyway, so I don't care. But I know it's hilarious. The name he's image out. likeness thing, yeah, he's out. Whatever. This this is what you would yell about on bandwagon nerds, and yet you're doing it. I know, but I did it, it for you. Yeah, did well, it for you, Greg. Thanks for adding. He did it. He did it for thanks, Greg. Thanks for adding nothing to the program. Um, <laughs> wow. Hey, you're gonna play wow. with fire. You might get burned, motherfucker. You know how that works. You know no, how that works. Angry, you're just I an angry, bitter, CrossFit man. That's that's all it is. I don't even go to CrossFit on Tuesdays because we record these shows. Wow, that's why he's so angry. It's because he. No, the, I, I wondered why there was no activity on Instagram today. <laughs> it's because you didn't there look. Because it's there. Right, I was going to say there is. It's there every day. I just, I, every single do I, day. I don't even. Do I still have Instagram? I don't even know. You just sent me a message like last week on it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I did. But we digress. Here's the thing about the the, the program. The name image likeness is huge for college sports. Like, and it's basically, it's going to become legalized cheating in college sports in terms of recruiting anyway, because that allows them to pay athletes. You know, boosters are getting involved and, and, and there's a lot of concerns about what it's going to become. And it probably won't last very long in its current form because of the direction that things are going. It's kind of the wild west right now. But with WWE bringing it up, they were kind of doing this already. I mean, like you listed off the talent, even talent now. Bianca Belair was a college track athlete. Uh, Montez Ford was it was a college athlete as well. Like, but they didn't necessarily get recruited straight out of college. They didn't get recruited and signed while they were in college, which is another big deal. They were obvious choices for WWE coming out of college, like a Brock Lesnar, like a Shelton Benjamin. As you were saying earlier, and there were other ones that never made it, like, you know, that, that were in that same group of people down in OVW when that all took place and they just never, never made it on the main roster. So, you know, that's what it takes to, to become a WWE superstar. You got to go through the process and see if you can work. But here we are today with this brand new name image likeness program, taking advantage of the rules that have been allowed in college sports and, and moving those Moving those forward. Miranda, you also immediately threw it out as a topic you wanted to talk about this week. What was it about this announcement that made you decide, hey, we got to talk about this? Yeah. Well, I think it's fascinating because as we've all somewhat mentioned before, people didn't know, we all have a toe into the higher education pool um, at some capacity. And so I think that was just a natural uh, interest for me as someone who works in higher education, not necessarily with student athletes, but as both of you have noted, the rules of the NCAA changing and WWE utilizing it to capitalize and, and build this program. Um, I think it is one where they can get a crop of amazing talent in a variety of different sports too, which I think that will be an interesting aspect of it. Uh, statistically, 
the likelihood of someone being able to go into either professional league or continue with that collegiate sport after college, you know, there's not a whole lot of options to do that. But this presents a new option to continue to have a career that is both physical um, and somewhere down the line lucrative. I think the structure itself, too, and is very interesting and maybe even appealing to a college student where you read the press release talking about access to the performance center, talking about the ability to train. But the caveat is, you know, with the possibility of getting the contract. So it's almost like building that boot camp and then from there deciding who they want to sign. So it really still allows a lot more of the final say to be within, you know, the WWE, but it provides a whole new opportunity for a variety of college athletes to pursue something athletic after graduation, where many of them either may not get drafted into a professional sports league, or there isn't very many options, period, of a professional sports league upon graduation. But it also coincides with the shift that we're seeing with NXT, with the recruitment in general of talent. And this just ends up being a more structured way to do that. It's very interesting almost to almost visualize WWE going to colleges to scout, you know, like that pool could be so much wider. So it's also very fascinating to me, the possibility that you'll see WWE recruiters at, you know, for sure, probably, you know, collegiate wrestling, but from football games to uh, track and field, uh, possibly even things like gymnastics and swimming and other types of collegiate sports, because essentially they're looking for what this helps produce. I mean, the the athleticism is what a lot of these people already bring. So that makes training them that much more easier. The character development and personality, that's what they can instill in them and teach at the performance center. So it also will be very interesting to see the kinds of people that they recruit with possibly a variety of backgrounds from college. So to me, it produces a wide range of opportunities from a wide scope of people in an environment that we don't traditionally see WWE in. Yeah, it, it's it's very it's it's weird though because they've been at a lot of those places before. They've been at college sporting events. They've been not a regular fixture, but they have made those appearances. But I think they made those appearances more, and they've been at the NCAA wrestling championships. I know they've even sent William yeah. Regal to those in the past. But they've been there, I think, for specific athletes. I, I do think now they're going to start going for different reasons. Um, it's also, uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, and I know they've signed some more that we don't know about yet, but it'll be interesting to see who some of these people are because it'll tell us, are they going for profile or are they going for potential talent? And it's probably going to be a mixture of both because part of this is a jump on board with talent, you know, b- before anybody else does. Gable Stevenson, there was a lot of talk. Is he going to go WWE? Is he going to go to UFC? And, and to see who did that. And then, of course, when he was drafted to Raw out of nowhere and then – the name image likeness contract was announced for him. Obviously he picked WWE over the UFC and UFC contracts that are very, very different because on a per fight basis. I mean, even CM Punk, who, who was a huge name for UFC when they got him, got like half a million dollars per fight. And that compared to what, you know, a wrestling contract is, is very, very different. And, and so I don't know what UFC would offer somebody who, may never even fight for them. Whereas WWE, I think, is willing to to do that and maybe throw some money away if some of these people never, ever pan out. I just don't know what the terms are of these contracts. And I don't know that we'll ever fully know until some of them have their actual entering careers pan out. What's really interesting to me is that they're, they're at the front edge of this. And, and I do think um, we're going to see copycats happen to this. And I think UFC is going to be the first one to do it, especially after losing out on Gable Stevenson. You also got to wonder if AEW is going to do it. Now, they have signed some people that are somewhat developmental that have never wrestled before, like an Anthony Agogo, like a Jade Cargill, and then they train them. They have the Nightmare Factory with QT Marshall and, and Cody Rhodes and all that, and Dustin Rhodes has his own wrestling school as well. So there's a lot of potential there for even an AEW to get in on it. Do we think that that's going to happen? Do you think Tony Khan's going to go that direction, or do you think he almost wouldn't go that direction because... He doesn't want to be called a WWE copycat. I'll let Patrick go first. Well, I think if he does do it, he'll he'll just say that he does it better and 
he'll say something ridiculous about how, you know, WWE did it first, but we did it better. Um, I think that, do I, do I think that it's a good idea for AEW to do? Yes, I absolutely think because it's, it's a talent pool and it's a limitless talent pool. Is it a, is it a step they need to take? Maybe not necessarily. Um, unless they're going to go full developmental the way that, that the WWE does. And right now I, I think that they're more of what the WWE used to be with like OVW and, uh, Florida and those sorts of things with, with those wrestling schools, this step by the WWE, I think doesn't, isn't as easy for them to do if, if they didn't have the performance center in NXT, um, and this is the other thing, you know, you were talking about Gable Stevenson that I, that I think is important to know. Yeah, he got drafted to Raw. Yeah, um, he's part of this, you know, he signed this deal. Um, he's he's actually finishing his, his senior year of college before we're going to see him in, a, in any sort of level of a WWE ring. Yet, he has the use of the Performance Center and can be trained while still attending college. And that, I just don't know if AEW is in the position to do that sort of thing. Maybe they are with, with, with the wrestling schools you mentioned and, and could pull it off. I think that Tony Khan might be so defiant that he won't do it. Um, because like you said, he doesn't want to look like a copycat. I, I think he should. And I think he should honestly just do the shtick that he always does about, you know, we're we're a better fit for these athletes because we're going to make them real wrestlers and we're family and all that all that business. Like that's I, that's what I would do. The only thing I would say to that, and I got other thoughts that I'll get to. I don't know that they want to be real wrestlers. I think a lot of them would be going I mean, into this like to, to be say, entertainers. Yeah. No, but I mean the, the oh, talent, no, college students, yeah, the college talent that. that's being signed. I think they get. Because they're not coming in. Some of them might come in as wrestling fans. Most of them wouldn't come in as indie wrestling fans, by and large, just from a sheer numbers and averages perspective. But at the end of the day, I think most of them would want to come in and be entertainers because they've already been beating up their bodies in whatever sport they're playing, especially if they're coming from wrestling or football. And this could be an outlet to to combine that with the entertainment aspect. So that'd be very interesting to see uh, exactly where that would go. And we'll hold off on my other AEW take, though, and let Miranda give her thoughts on the AEW side of this, if there even is an AEW side of this. Well, I, I feel more inclined to say that they're not necessarily going to be uh, targeting college athletes. It may be more selective or just individuals with an athletic background, but they, I feel like they know that their bread and butter is in the independent scene and that's what their fans in particular want and with the changes in NXT, where they're again the focus is now on developmental, and we don't have the big independent names being signed, AEW knows that that's what their fan base wants. So I feel like they're going to be more inclined to continue to uh, utilize the independent uh, scene and independent promotions, both for scouting talent Streaming. and possibly to even de- you know develop new talent, like you said, with the maybe the training schools that they have partnerships with. But AEW, in at least the core that they present, is a pro wrestling company. And as we've seen with you know shows like Dark and Elevation and Rampage, they're utilizing independent talent from all over the U.S. as their feeders. You know, and I think that's the system they're going to keep. How sustainable that is, you know, obviously, you know, it, it can be down the road. Um, granted, that there's still you know enough talent out there because um, that also is a thing they kind of churn and burn a lot of talent pretty quickly um, just to get the pop and just to get kind of that instant, um, you know, social media notifications or buzz or whatnot. Um, long-term, if they really want to be a sustainable company, they're going to have to look at different ways of really producing their own talent. But right now I do, they, they don't even really need to, they don't have to go that route. Um, but it may not be something that can be sustained. Yeah. So it, it's. I think the the indie wrestling thing can always be sustained just because it's it's an ongoing pipeline. And but I do think they, if I were AEW, I would recommend staying away from this unless the person coming out of college either 
has some indie wrestling experience or is this hardcore indie wrestling fan or whatever they are, because they're not equipped, in my opinion, to bring in a college athlete. And I think WWE is going to be targeting high-profile college athletes. We're talking about mm-hmm. NCAA okay. Division One athletes is probably what they're going to be going for. So they're used to a certain level of facilities. They're, you know, in most of these places we're talking about booster access and and their meals are provided for them. How like everything is they're given a full blown experience as a division one athlete. And I don't know that AEW is equipped to bring them in and get them acclimated to the world of professional wrestling and the world of sports entertainment, unless they're somewhat already in there and somewhat already known. And at the end of the day, they'd probably ruin more potential careers than thrust more potential careers. Uh, in my opinion on the flip side of that for AEW, they're already pissing off their current talent by signing more and more people all the time when their current talent right. can't even get on television. And, and you know, p- n- very few people are signing with AEW all giddy about being on dark and being on elevation. They want to be on dynamite. They want to be on rampage and look sometime between this Wednesday and next Wednesday, when winter is coming, we're going to see Kyle O'Reilly debut in AEW probably just to reform up with Bobby Fish and Adam Cole and and just redo the Undisputed Era, which, side note, AEW should do. That would be smart of them to do that, and and I'm not begrudging them for that. But I just don't think they're equipped to do that, and I think it's just not – they're years away from that, in my opinion, both from a preparation standpoint and even a need standpoint, whereas WWE is tailor-made for this. They have the facilities. They have the training programs. They have WWE has a strength and conditioning coach, which these college athletes are used to. Right. Guy's famous for what he did with John Cena throughout his career. And they have massage therapists. They have everything that these college athletes would, would be looking for as part of the performance center structure. Now they are just evolving in that way and, and sort of making it happen. So I, I do think that AEW's best move is no move at all. And and I think that that's what I would do if I were AEW in this instance. Now, I do want to flip it around and talk a little bit about the guy whose quote we read in the article, and that's Triple H. Triple H spearheaded NXT and turned it into this beloved brand over a you know several-year basis until the whole thing had to change and everything became something new for WWE. What is this going to mean for Triple H in the long run with this program? Is he going to is this going to be his new thing now? Is it going to be the same ending where he turns it into something that people didn't envision and they take it away from him? Like, what does it mean that Triple H is heading this whole thing up? I mean, I, I think it, it, it's an alignment with what we've seen from him in developing new talent, but it also seems like. It's very different, again, with NXT 2.0 changing from the NXT that he created. Um, I think it's it's maybe a little bit of both. You know, I think he truly does believe in investing in new talent and developing a healthy pipeline. Um, and he's seen how investing in college athletes can produce great talent, um, as we've seen those come through NXT, uh, like we, like you mentioned, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford, who got their start and was able to really get crafted and honed in in NXT to then move up to SmackDown and Raw, um, but ultimately too, where. Now the focus is more specifically on them and it's a whole new developmental system that I think is where the question lies of um, how truly can they get acclimated to the world of professional wrestling. As you mentioned, the world of wrestling and the world of collegiate sports is very different. And in some ways, wrestling is one where um, you can be athletic as all hell, but your personality and charisma carry now as much weight as your athleticism. And in college sports, it's your athleticism that carries you through. So having to then teach this cohort about that and understanding the life of wrestling. Granted, the wrestling that we see in WWE is nowhere near what we've mentioned within the independent scene and people having to travel and quote unquote pay their dues. But it is a very different environment. And I'm very curious to see if they truly feel like they can get 
these types of athletes truly prepared for it. I think, though, if anyone can get them prepared for it, it is, you know, a system um, that, you know, involves Triple H or the direct involvement of Triple H. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. And is Triple H known for NXT or is Triple H known for his ability to build anything? Like, that's the thing. Like, this to me is also, we'll, we'll realize if Triple H is a chameleon and he can change his colors to be what they need him to be, or if NXT was lightning in a bottle and he gobbled up indie talent and ran with it, which, by the way, is exactly what AEW is doing, but one's praised for it and one's, you know, jeered because that's just the internet. But I have a feeling if he can truly sink his teeth into it, and and this, these talent are going to latch on to Triple H just like the NXT talent did. And he's done it already with some of the talent that came in to NXT. Like they have the, you know, they have the blueprint there already with some of the talent that they've, they've brought in who weren't independent wrestlers, who were just legitimate athletes and what they became. I mean, everyone from Alexa Bliss never wrestled, you know, before, you know, years before we had a Bianca Belair or anybody like that. Hell, Dolph Ziggler wasn't an independent wrestler and he signed with the company and, and got trained up through OVW and all that. So, you know, Big E, I mean, a college football player who, who came out and did what he did. So the, the framework is there and the possibility is there and the, the potential is there. So I do think this can be huge for WWE. And, and they're just capitalizing on something that, that's good. Um, I, I mentioned this as a possibility before, but I didn't get your guys' opinion on it. And we'll let Patrick go first. Do you think they're going to go for names, or do you think they're going to go for athletes they think can become professional wrestlers? I think they're going to go for – Greg, they're going to go off uh, – I mean, one, back to, to the Triple H thing. Triple H knows what the WWE wants. He'll he's he's the head of the scouting department, basically, is the way the way I read this. They're going to look for I think it's going to be a mixture of both because they do like to have people. I know you hate it when you go halfway. Don't I almost told you you can't. I almost told you you can't. (laughs) And I should have bad move on. Let's be clear here, though. They're looking for personalities. Right. So, yeah, they're going to go for. Those football is the best example of this, right? Like football is loaded with dynamic personalities and not every college football player can be a professional football player. So they're absolutely going to be looking for names that are going to make a splash. Can you imagine if they got, Oh, say that um, Heisman trophy finalist, that, that defensive um, that linebacker, whatever for Michigan, or, you know, Back in the days when, if this had existed when um, either a, somebody like a, a JJ or a TJ Watt, like, could you imagine if they'd been able to try and recruit those guys? Now they're they're, they're those are professional football players. They're going to go play in the NFL. Like, there's there's no doubt about it. But there's another tier that's a little more iffy that has just as much excitement and personality, and that is just as important as your ability to to put somebody in an inside cradle yeah and so more so i think yeah i think for what the wwe is looking for they're they're always gonna they're always gonna have a place for that kind of not exciting shelton benjamin level athlete who found his own personality but it took a long time but they're looking for matt riddle and i hate that guy but they're looking for like matt riddle's they're looking for it factors, and those are stars. And if you're a star on a uh, on a college um, college stage and a collegiate stage in the NCAA, pretty sure they're going to be able to turn you into a star in the WWE. So there, are you happy? Is that better? You feel better? It is. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely makes sense. Triple H just talked about that: the things they can teach and the things they can't teach. And it's not like they're going to stop looking for the things they can't teach in the personality, in the it factor, and all that. Aiden Hutchinson, by the way, is who you're thinking of from Michigan. That linebacker who's just gone absolutely crazy over the past few weeks. Miranda, any thoughts that you have on who they're going to be looking for? I I feel like they're going to be going more for the names. Um, That just seems to be a very WWE-esque thing now where they're more focused on personalities, but also what can that athlete's fan base 
how does that translate to the WWE? So people who already have a big following, whether that be on social media or mainstream media, people are going to stay with them, you know, as they progress and, you know, move on. It's very interesting when you, we think about alumni from colleges and universities, how that alumni fan base kind of follows with that athlete or with that person. And so I feel like that is also something that they, um, I don't know how initially they'll be able to track that or be mindful of that, but that is something that's going to to bring with them. So say for exactly if an Aiden Hutchinson came to the WWE, you know there's going to be a huge Michigan fan base that follows him, you know, with that. And and that is what I think the company's also looking for because then that brings in more mainstream fans, more fans in general, but also newer fans to the product. So kind of adds more and more to that, um, to Patrick's point too, you know, everything that can be taught or some of that wrestling ability, you know, is, is just enough to build enough of a match where you can look good on TV for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And with time things, you know, could progress and and they can get better. But I think initially they're really going to be looking at personalities and names and what that can then ultimately, you know, bring to the table to WWE. Yeah, I do think there because this to me is also just as much about the WWE brand as it is about the roster and anything else. Like if you've got these high profile college athletes on your payroll and you're paying them whatever, 50 grand a year, and that's, you know, chump change compared to what some of these name image likeness deals are. I mean, there are no name linemen that get 50 grand a year just for going to a certain college. Like I saw that today. There's a lot of concern about, about some of this, but if they're tweeting about it, if they're posting on Instagram about it, then yeah, this just furthers the WWE's push away from hardcore wrestling and into that mainstream, which happened years and years and years ago. There's just a million people on Twitter who refuse to believe it and, or, or not even refuse to believe it, just tend to forget about it when they're complaining. And this just is of another further step in that direction. And we've said it before, if they need to, to stockpile talent from the independents and people with experience at some point, they'll be able to because AEW is not going to keep everybody. They just can't. It's just not going to be humanly possible and not going to be possible from a budgetary standpoint. So that talent will be available to them as they, as they continue to continue to go through. Plus the one thing that we're forgetting about is that I'm sure somewhere either in Florida or Northern California, there are plenty more Samoans who would love to wrestle for WWE at some point. Yeah. So we've got There's plenty always another of people. Samoan. There's always yeah. another Samoan. There's always yeah. another Samoan. You get enough of them too, exactly. you know? It's a hot commodity. Well, outside of like two or three, they deliver. So it, it's, it's, you just can't. You, you Odds are in their favor. Yeah. Genetically, yeah. So. And you know what? Uh, last thing is just kind of food for thought to put it out there because people have been asking where the heck this person is since they last left due to injury. When Samoa Joe was re-signed quickly after being released from WWE, he talked about how he's going to have a larger role backstage with NXT and things like that. It wouldn't shock me if he has something to do with helping these people get acclimated and get trained and maybe even being a point of contact for them on a long-term basis. Uh, for what Samoa Joe could be doing for WWE and whatever his role is within NXT. So it wouldn't surprise me if over the coming months and year, we find out that Samoa Joe had a role in this as well. So time will tell. We're going to go to our second commercial break and then come back and uh, have a little fun. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment.
That theme song, of course, is for one ravishing Rick Rude, WWE Hall of Famer, somebody who left us way too soon. And today would have been Rude's birthday. I didn't look up to see exactly what year it would have been, but today would have been the birthday for ravishing Rick Rude. So I want to go back a few months and do something that we didn't even do towards the end back then. But I want, and this is a really, 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 really stupid question. But I'm using it as a catalyst just to simply talk about the person. So, how was or would have Ravishing Rick Rude been better? As a babyface or as a heel, Patrick O'Dowd. Look, everybody knows the, everybody knows the answer. Yeah, but like, it's Arx who's talking about Ravishing Rick Rude. He's, he's Talk about it. Easily one of the greatest heels of all time. There's no way around it from... Just pick pick a pick an opponent's wife. He had them on his trunks. I was just listening to, um, uh, I think it was eighty three weeks. They did his early his uh, WCW run in the nineties and the heat he had with Ric Flair over over now Rick's wife, um, and the the trunks that he wore during one of the matches where it was Rick all bruised up on one side and Fifi the maid on the other. Like he, everybody hated Rick Rude. Everyone, yeah. There's no, there's no debate to this question. He is far better as a as a heel. Miranda, I mean, a hundred percent. Like he was entertaining and fun, and and you, he could really get on the nerves of his opponent by going to, you know, the jugular. Pun intended, I guess. I'm not sure, but I mean, to the point of the the fact that. You know, two wrestling wives weren't necessarily a big talking point until, you know, Rick Rude, because that was an easy way for him to get under the skin. Not, but I mean, he was athletic. He had a great build. He was a good wrestler and he could perform well in the ring. But his heel antics were something very different than what we've seen with a lot of other heels, um, where not only can he beat you up in the ring, but he may take your girl too. And so I think that has always added another level of unnerving and uh, almost just like, like a psychological, uh, you know, advantage in his favor. And so it was way more advanced than, you know, meets the eye, but he really did create the, the playbook for modern heel work um, and doing something different. And so many you know, storylines have involved spouses, I think, in due point because of Rick Rude. So, yeah, he's not only better as a heel, he revolutionized being a heel. He did. And and he absolutely was. I mean, babyface or heel, look, the answer is heel. I mean, no one no, no one can, can doubt that. What's interesting is that I do think, I don't know that we're giving him the credit he deserves now. I don't think he gets it. Rarely when you read a top 25 of all time list or a top 50 of all time list, do you see the name Ravishing Rick Rude? And I think that's unfortunate because I believe at the talent level and execution level, he deserved to be there. Um, And I do, I don't know what number you can apply to the group of people who could be labeled among the greatest of all time. But when I hear the name Ravishing Rick Rude, I feel like he has to be in that large group of whatever it is. Um, there's probably tiers to it. You could probably do a whole series of podcasts that would get old within the th- second or third week if we did it. So we shouldn't. Um, but it, it, to me, I feel as though he belongs there. And because of how his career ended, uh, with played with injuries and everything else, I don't know that you know we tend to en- remember the end just because it was what was most recent. I don't know that he gets exactly what he deserves in the long run for his career. Here's the other thing with the babyface heel conversation. If Ravishing Rick Rude had the prime five years of his career from 2016 to 2021, he would have at some point had a massive run as a babyface. Because this is what happens. It's the formula now. And, and I've wanted to even at some point write about this. The formula is to turn heel, get way over as a heel to where the fans love your work and you just have to be turned face because there's no other option. Look at Edge. It happened to Edge. Right. 
he was so over as as a you know as a heel they just had to turn him babyface it's going to happen again with Seth Rollins at some point like like it's just where it, it happened to Becky Lynch like when she was a heel and they just had to turn her uh it, it happens with so many performers when you're just that damn good they have no choice but uh, but to, hell take it back to to personal favorites undisputed era in NXT they never really people loved them to death and and just loved 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 the undisputed era to the point when Pat McAfee showed up it was simple and easy just put him with Adam Cole don't even turn Adam Cole the fans are just going to do it for you they're already cheering his name and and screaming Adam Cole baby and yelling boom when he comes out that it just makes it easy and to me that's would have happened to ravishing Rick Rude also in the modern era he would have been a world champion and and he wasn't the oh, yeah. title was changed before he could win it the, the NWA didn't want what they were doing in WCW and they had to go that route of, of renaming it the international championship and the world champ, whatever they did. And so he never really got that shot and that run that he deserved. And he definitely could have, it's too bad that during the attitude era, he was but a manager because I also think that he could have had a massive run as a top heel in the attitude era, but could have, would have, should have, unfortunately life happens and, Lloyds of London happens and a lot of other things happen. And so ravishing Rick Rude's career ended the way that it did. I still think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. He's not one of the greatest of all time. And I'm also rating on potential of what could have been. I don't know, but we'll never know. Cause he's gone. I, I think, I think there is something to that, yeah. that potential of what could have been because it was a career cut short due to injury, due to, due to back injury. Uh, he was on the cusp in that that start and stop world title run that that wasn't and you just wonder where he could have gone had he still been able to 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 go in the ring and and not and, and see his relationship with you know that company just completely evaporate for a while of course you know he came back because uh, everybody comes back, and then you know he left again, and then he came back again. <laughs> it's just just what you do. Um, but he also, I think, he didn't have he had a, he had a limited sort of time period in in the late eighties, early nineties, where he was the heel. But I mean, I think between us, we can easily name the three biggest feuds in that time period, at least in, in our minds. I bet you, I. There's about five names that that are there, but I mean everybody remembers him in the Ultimate Warrior because they talk about how much how much good he got out of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, people talk about him and Jake Roberts. Um, speaking of wives, uh, and then you look at his his runs with Sting um, before he got hurt, uh, and it's too bad that 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 sort of ended it all. Um, those were big time feuds and generated great heat. And pe- like people love to hate the guy. Oh yeah. And, and as a manager or advocate or not really advocate, but, but mentor, he served both of those roles in both the NWO and DX Miranda having right. loved the, the attitude era as much. I mean, had DX turned on him, he could have had a hell of a run against DX. That's yeah, that's true. And again, I think it goes back to the what ifs, the potentials, the the unknowns, you know, and I think you're right in the lifestyle or the life cycle of any character you go through your baby face moments and and your heel moments. And we just didn't get as many of those baby face moments to be able to see that. And again, it would have been a a very different Rick Rude. Um, But even just those um moments as his contributions to factions and and other elements within the world of of pro wrestling i think it is very much an unsung and maybe because he was buried under the bigger headlines of you know you know other names and feuds and talents where you have to kind of sift through it a little bit and if it's not immediately you know catching your eye but you know so many even his movements you know i mean from a val venus to adolf ziegler that hit swivel you know he may not have been the person who invented it but he definitely made it popularized and it's something a move that you've seen people use uh in in lots of different facets so i think to his influence is one that carries through even more than people realize or recognize 
I bet someday when his career's over, we'll see some kind of videos and we'll find out that the Miz was heavily influenced by Ravishing Recruit. Because if you watch the Miz's promos, I could see his promo style being heavily influenced by Ravishing Rick Rude. In fact, I would call him the closest modern day equivalency to Rick Rude. Not in terms of, because we always, whenever we do a modern day equivalency, we always look at the character and not the performance. And the performance is where I link the Miz and Ravishing Rick Rude. Hell, the promo style, down to messing with people's families at ringside, even though it wasn't always their wives. The Miz right. had families at ringside a lot, sometimes his own. And and so there was tons of that that took place as well. So we'll be interesting to see if that ever comes to pass and if that's ever a conversation we can have. But a great, an all-time, all-time great left us too soon. Who knows what could have been. Celebrates a birthday today. And that is, of course, Ravishing Rick Rude. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. Something happened on Sunday for before War Games that was very, very interesting to me, and, and it's just funny to see what wrestling Twitter does, and, and I've watched it over the past couple of days as well. And we talk about wrestling news with a Z all the time. And there's a specific word that's always linked to that. And that's the word agenda. And, and agendas are huge out there. And, and agendas are very big. And 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 I, I hate doing things without naming names. But I just have to for, for the sake of, of the individual. But on Sunday, something happened. Somebody who's been heavily critical of WWE in recent weeks got the opportunity of a lifetime to go on a WWE kickoff show for all of 90 seconds and literally went from shouting at the rooftops about how bad WWE is and about how much everybody should follow AEW to screaming war games as if they were William Regal and trying to make everybody happy. And this person came under a lot of fire for it. And then there's, there's someone who really did a lot of coverage of WWE throughout the pandemic and did a great job. And now suddenly... They're the biggest AEW fan in the world, as I think Miranda just dropped her microphone on the floor. Um, and it's it's just, I, I just want to remind everybody, okay, save for a good handful of people, this show included, nearly everybody you see doing anything online regarding professional wrestling has an agenda. And most of them are trying to get a job. In terms of people that are in any sort of media role, media position, they would all jump at the opportunity. And the person that I use as an example is a prime example. That person has been angling for a job for a big with a big wrestling company for years to the point where they said their age works against them. And I got to be honest with you, their age does not work against them. They are far younger than you would think. This is not a situation where people's opinions are just their own and they're sharing them freely because of how they truly feel. Nearly all these people have an agenda. And and when you get caught up in that agenda and and it causes you to react, you're winning the game for them. So if you really hate what somebody's doing, this is so hard to do. I know it's counterproductive. If you really hate what somebody's doing, don't talk about it. Because then they don't win. And social media, social media is not designed for that. It's designed for you to talk about it. They know that. That's why they're doing the things that they're doing. And 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 by the way, said person in reference is now going crazy about NXT on Twitter while we talk about this. So again, nearly everybody has an agenda. I don't even know if you guys have thoughts or comments on it. It's just I, I just everybody. I just want people to understand. Just like I talk about. With wrestling, I gotta offer you guys listening a perspective on this world that is real and that you can follow, and that's real and can be followed. I mean, duh. Like <laughs> real, right? I, I, you say it like yeah, that, but I, it's not like you'd be no, surprised. Well, I think, and I don't know how different this is or how not different this is from, say, you know, other forms of. Uh, I think it's most closely aligned to entertainment reporting. I, I feel like there's such a strong correlation between entertainment reporting and wrestling news reporting, because I feel like there is a good population of people within wrestling reporting that aren't 
are trying to gun more for a position or an opportunity with a wrestling company than be a independent, you know, quote unquote journalist or source or reporter. And I think that absolutely can skew what they do and how they do it and what they say to try and get into the good graces of that. I And that could be very different than other forms of reporting and other sports where maybe it's a little bit more objective because you are just analyzing more of a sports uh, league and teams instead, you know, but I think it could also happen that way too. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that that is one thing with wrestling news that makes it very unique is the fact that there are opportunities to one day maybe sign on with one of these companies and become, um, you know, part of their broadcast team or reporting team. But again, that also goes back to where are these people coming from now? You know, these people within even the announcing uh, teams are coming from different backgrounds, particularly WWE is still looking more for announcers and reporters from either entertainment mm-hmm. or sports, not from independent wrestling or not those with wrestling backgrounds. So it also is, yeah, you can say all the right thing and nice things to them in the hopes of getting into their good graces. But ultimately, too, it's what are they trying to get out of that? Whether it's, you know, being able to access and be part of their pressers or, you know, conference calls or whatever that be. Or if they're trying at an angle, you know, um, to to quote someone else, very great, the the great Ted DiBiase, everybody has a price. Everyone has the ability to be bought for whatever reason, whether that is for an opportunity or for access. And, you know, that's just an important thing to evaluate, you know, and sometimes it's okay. There's, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade and and put that out there. But at the same time, then if that skews what you are reporting or talking about, you know, how can, how reliable can that be? And, and is that fair to your audience or does your audience, again, are you looking for entertainment or are you looking for reporting? Because obviously with a lot of the headlines that are out there, you're looking for entertainment. You're looking for something to kind of get a rise, not for real reporting. Patrick, as you do your best Pete Dunn impersonation, you don't even know what that means, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just, I really don't have any frame of reference or argument to make here. I think that the only, the only thing I've ever, I've ever known to be true is that any, anybody who tells you that they're not interested in working for the WWE is lying um in the wrestling business i think that that's changed a little bit since aew but let's be real everybody wants their shot at at the wwe and making in the wwe and i think if you say you have zero interest in it you're lying to me and you're lying to yourself so just own it that's all i ask own it yeah it part of it is because and we've talked about this with the wrestling media the WWE is especially and wrestling in general, it's a show. It's, it's taking right. the sport, a uh, sport as a background and putting it as, as a scripted show, even when it's presented like true pro wrestling. Indie wrestling is, is a scripted show. Like no offense to anybody, but I write the damn script. Like I know, and it's less scripted. It's just more of a general framework, but, but at the end of the day it is. And I do think those who report on it and those who talk about it get involved with the show part of it, because at the you listen to all these podcasts or whatever, I hear it all the time. I hear podcasters spout off something as news. And I'm like, you just made that up. Like, I know you just made that up. And because they think it's part of the show now, because it's a show, because it's scripted, because it's made up, they can go and do the same just to be a part of it. And so I think the business itself does generate some of these folks and some of that. So if you're looking for people who are unbiased, people who don't have an agenda, well, all I can tell you is, you're welcome. Because there's not a whole lot of other places you're going to get it. So, and this wasn't meant to be a plug for us, but hey, that's where we are. And yeah, if you're in the world of independent wrestling right now and you're not a wrestler and you're hoping again with WWE, don't make any excuses that you're too old, too young, too fat, too ugly, too pretty, too skinny, or whatever. You're just simply not what they want because you're already in the world of wrestling. And that's not what they want. And it's not good nor bad. It just is what it is. They just don't want you because you're in wrestling and they want something outside of wrestling because they already have wrestling. 
and, and they don't need wrestling anymore. They need outsider wrestling. And, and as painful as that is, and as much as that might even stink for some people, that is in fact just the way it is. So that, my friend, is going to do it for the end of our show today. It's a shameful thing old school reference for those of you who listen to the Greg DeMarco show over a decade ago, as that is how we always ended ended the show and, and signaled for the end of the show. But we appreciate you listening. Go follow me at Chairshot Greg, the website at Chairshot Media. It is thechairshot.com, where we, of course, remind you to always use your head. Check it out. Wrestling opinion, analysis, coverage. We got sports, we got entertainment, we got sports entertainment, everything you could want, especially tons of great podcasts over at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. A little bit of housekeeping that I did not do earlier. And just a big thank you because you're listening to this. And so you obviously are part of that. November was actually the biggest month that we have ever had as part of the Chairshot Radio Network by 19% over the prior biggest month. So so nearly a fifth more than we'd ever done before. And that's going to lead to some other things that that you'll be hearing even on this network here very soon, probably around December 11th, you'll start to hear something really cool that we had a chance to do a part of pretty much every show that, that we have on here. So be on the lookout for that. And a big hearty thank you to those of you who are listening, sharing, liking, tweeting, doing whatever you can for us. We do appreciate that. It keeps us going. Of course, if you want to support the movement, Miranda Morales, where can they go to buy one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts? That is pro wrestling com forward slash the chair shot. And the t-shirt girl that you just heard, of course, that is Miranda Morales. Follow her on Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Follow Patrick Dowd on Twitter at Wrestling Realists. W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Be a friend. Let everybody know what's going on here on your favorite wrestling podcasting network, thechairshot.com. Until next week, well, you know, until you listen to Chairshot Radio with Patrick O'Dowd and, and, and the brand new uh, format that he just put out this week, until you listen to the hashtag Miranda Show later today or in future days and, and do that with us before you listen to Bandwagon Nerds or any of the other great things here, we want to remind you of the thing that you already know, the thing that you know you have to do, but you do have to do it, and we want to make sure that you don't forget, and that is to simply... Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I serve as the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.